Yo, 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 what's up everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic Indie Creator interview. It is your Capes Crusader, Cody, and we are keeping it geekly with our new friend, Tony James. We're here to break down Star Noir and everything in between. But before we do that, Tony, welcome to the stream. How are you doing today? Uh, thank you for having me, Cody. It's great to be on this show. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I always like uh, breaking the ice, you know, with, with these interviews. So let's start first and foremost with who you are and how you got into creating indie comics uh star noir is a really interesting you know take it's a 1940s detective with like an alien twist to it i loved it we were talking backstage before we get into that goodness though let's start with the the basics uh yeah so i have uh i've been writing in some form of another oof, since high school uh i was doing short films and then uh like right after college, I started doing uh, comics. Um, one, my my first successful comic was called Reloader. Um, mm -hmm. It's about the cyberpunk comic about a virtual reality bounty hunter, uh, and that that is a total love letter to video games. Like so many of the the references. I mean, even even the first the the first cover is a throwback to Dead Space, like the Dead Space cover. It's like the the hand. You are talking my language right now, Tony. I have yeah. um I finally saved up for the you know the action figures. They're like hundreds of dollars now. I got I finally got a Necromorph after three. Three years of saving up nice. for it, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I want the uh, I want the Isaac with the the full suit. Oh, mm -hmm. I want the full gold suit that he has. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we made we made that a few years ago. Um, that was successful at Kickstarter. Uh, and then I'm, I always have different stories that I'm writing at a time, and uh, I wanted to uh, transition to Star Noir, this other story that I was really excited about because uh, I thought it was a really good genre mashup of uh, noir and sci-fi, uh, and that's what we've been working on uh, ever since. And we were talking uh, backstage too, and this was, you know, a little bit uh, influenced by LA, LA noir. It seems like um, you have a knack for uh, video games and comics. I mean, it's uh, we we were like, we should have met months ago, man. Where you been? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, LA noir is is definitely one of my all time favorite games. Uh, I just love the 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 sense of tension that's always uh, even if you're just kind of walking around a crime scene, it just kind of has this kind of feeling of cold air in the lungs mm -hmm. uh, very very earnest approach to casework i love the uh, meticulous approach to detective work how you know we as the player we're engaged in every little piece of clues and we are trying to gauge whether somebody is lying or not uh, and i thought it would be interesting if you kind of could bring that experience into a comic book yeah, I really liked uh, with L.A. Noir too. Um, there, were, there was like maybe what, like 15 minutes of action, like where you actually like shot a gun. The rest of it was like, you know, not. It was like very investigating, very slow moving. So, um, I think it really upped the ante. And from some of the interiors that we're seeing on the screen right now, it, it seems like you really encapsulated that feeling of that era too. Uh, how does it feel writing in the 1940s? Is that was that fun? Like transitioning from like a cyberpunk bounty hunter type story to something that's like completely probably feels like hundreds of years uh, before then? Um, I mean, it's uh, what I like to do as a writer is whenever I write in one type of genre or a type of story, I like to go and go the opposite way. Um, mm -hmm. And um, it, it, it's a little difficult when you're when you're writing a period piece because there's just, just so much research that has to go into it. It's not just, you know, the cars and, and the way they looked. It's, it's how they talked and the, the types of phrases that they would use or you know, I was looking at like news articles for different murders that were going on at the time to just, to, you know, just in case they might offhand mention one of these mm -hmm. uh, just to really and then all just the all the ev events that were happening in 1947 Los Angeles at the time. 
Um, you know, Orson Welles is, is in one of the books uh, and he's making Macbeth, which famously uh, had a really troubled uh, production history where he like ran out of money and it was this crazy thing. And then the characters of Star Noir actually go on the Hollywood set and actually meet him while he's making that movie. Um, so it was really cool to kind of rebuild this like 1940s era. I love how like you're creating your own world, but at the same time, uh, like giving nods to the actual like real life world. Uh, you said you had to do a lot of, uh, you know, pretty um, extensive uh, research and such. Um, what all went into like the character designs uh, and, and, and kind of like shifting out the uh, protagonist uh, when you were working with your artist? Um, well, uh, the character designs, I mean, at least when I was initially conceiving them, I mean, it, you kind of start with like Cole Phelps from L.A. Noir. You mm -hmm. look at, you know, Humphrey Bogart and all those old Hollywood movies and you kind of just try to figure out your own kind of unique take on it. And then when I brought it to my uh, my artist, Pablo, um, who was just in love with the story, I gave him the script. He thought it was incredible. <laughs> um, he started giving me uh, the concept art and I, and I just I loved his take on it. I would I would give him references of detectives, you know, from different you know Hollywood movies of that era. And he came up with this original take on it. Um, and I just I, I just love the way it looks. I mean, um, when I was uh, posting the comic on on like Reddit and stuff, like people had such a strong reaction to it that I'd never seen before. People were like, they were casting the movie. They were telling me, oh, this is going to be on AMC. This is going to be on HBO. And I'm like, whoa, hey, guys, like I, I love that. But, we, you know, let's make a great comic book. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's awesome, though, to get uh, that much support from uh, from Reddit. Uh, so I'm curious, though, uh, what was some of the biggest things they were uh, uh, loving? You know, I, I love the fact that you have an alien. Like, was that a big thing for them, too? Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they are most captivated by the concept in itself of just mm -hmm. uh, a human working with an alien. Uh, some people shouted out uh, Alien Nation. Uh, from like the 80s. Uh, I've never seen that movie, but I've never uh, seen it either. No, I looked up the trailer. It was it's a, it's a very goofy B movie, but I, I it's it's a human working with an alien, so I could kind of see how they they it reminded them of that. Um, but yeah, they just they they love the look of, of of the 1940s. They just they love the art style, how much detail there is in there, how much emotion comes out of the characters. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a there's an alien abduction scene that's on the campaign page and people just like went crazy for that. Just seeing the big spaceship land in the guy's backyard and how he's just running away to go grab his gun because he's he's terrified of what he's seeing. I, you know, so it when on paper, it seems like such a crazy concept. But when you see these two like together drawn, it's like awesome. Like seeing like the alien in his little outfit with the hat, uh, you yeah. know, and we were talking like L.A. Noir was a big inspiration for this. But how did you end up? Pairing him with an alien. That is such an interesting take. I love it. I mean, it just, it, it's kind of worked out of, of trying to do the genre mashup. And you're like, okay, so I'm going to do this noir story. I'm going to figure out how a, how aliens and this sci-fi element is going to fit into it. Um, and I really, uh, on the sci-fi side, my influences um, are the X, is the X-Files, which I grew up watching with my dad. Um, and I really loved how they took real world uh, alien abduction stories and they wove it into their own original narrative and mm -hmm. what it gave you was almost this like grounded sense of aliens like they, they don't they don't feel very fantastical or bombastic they kind they they there's like an earnest approach to them and you kind of get this this fear through like the fear of the unknown and you definitely get a lot of that in that story and then 
doing doing it as a noir genre, I didn't want the sci-fi elements to come in and then just you know push aside the noir genre. I really wanted mm -hmm. to commit to it being in a noir setting. So, uh, you know, things like the the alien, the, uh, for story reasons, Alan, the main character, uh, he can see the alien's gray form, and everybody else sees somebody who looks more like Tom Holland. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, he's able to kind of like give a different like look to himself when others are looking at him. That that yeah. that that's that I think that's a really unique way to to take it as well. So are we going to be looking at like extraterrestrial like type of crimes, or are they still going to be investigating like human crimes? Um. Well, they are they they are extraterrestrial crimes, but they are they are done to humans. So, okay. So, uh, this the the murder mystery is that um. A, a, several detectives are being killed one by one in Central Station, mm -hmm. and these two have paired up to figure out who it is because it's a shapeshifter. And the alien tells Alan, our main character, this shapeshifter looks like one of the cops in your precinct. So you kind of have a little bit of that McCarthyism looking over your shoulder, trying to figure out which one it is. And just when you think you, as the reader, when you think you uh, that oh, this detective, that's got to be the shapeshifter. Nope, he's gone. And then you think, oh, this guy, this guy's definitely it. Nope, he's gone. And we're just kind of <laughs> taking you down to, you know, Red Herring City until mm -hmm. we figure out who it actually is. No, that is awesome. So before we dive into the Kickstarter, what was uh, some of the creative process in creating this like for you uh, with your, your team? Can And if you want to, feel free to give them a shout out as well. Uh, yeah, uh, my artist is Pablo Debanis. He is from Argentina. Very, very nice man. Um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I was looking for an artist for this book. Uh, I reached out on a Facebook group um, and he, you know, I gave him the script and he was just absolutely blown away by it. I mean, he was so excited. He like unprompted started doing concept art. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah um, and, that's and I just, you know, immediately like his his vision for it um, was just incredible. I mean, he adds so much life to each panel like there are so there's like a crime scene and i'm just mentioning like hey we just got to see this car we got to see this dead body but he's like you know adding police in the background there's people moving around like there's just so much life that he adds to it um and then uh vin townsend uh he's from brazil he's done some idw stuff for uh, gi joe um he came up with this like brushstroke style that makes everything look really vintage and it mm -hmm. just leans into that 1940s era that we were going for yeah i was gonna say the colors are really like visually striking it puts you in that mindset that you're you're in that time and age and i think yeah. i think the combination of all all you guys like just made such a perfect fit for this yeah yeah um it's really good and then i, I don't want to forget about our letterer marco ventura uh, he's from Italy. Um, what I love the most about him, and I think the colorist, the artist, and myself, we have it, we have it, we're very similar, is that we have an understanding of the rules, where the storytelling, or it's it's layouts, or it's lettering, um, and we have good reasons for breaking those rules. I would, I, you know, I've I've read a bunch of like you know how-to books on comics just to understand mm -hmm. the language of comics. And then he would, Marco, our letterer, he would make a choice and I would go, well, what about this according to the rules of lettering? And then he goes, well, I understand that, but here's a very good reason as to why we should try it this way. <laughs> so so it, 
it goes to show you how important those rules are to know like to break them right like you have to know those rules in and out before you can make those choices because sometimes breaking a rule when you know you have no idea what you're doing could really have some negative impacts exactly exactly um and yeah and it's just um th this team is just very tight-knit i mean we are just very much into this project like every every time i'm like hey we're gonna make another page they're all excited that they i get a they email me back instantly they're like you'll have this in a couple of days let's get it um and it's yeah it's just been smooth sailing it's one of the best experiences i've had working with a creative team Dude, that has to be so like surreal to having a team that's in love with your your project as much as you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. To have that much passion, because uh, like, like you said with your artists, especially like when you have someone that passionate, uh, they're adding things and details to the panels that you weren't even thinking of, uh, and it just you know goes to make it that much more better. Yeah, I mean, and when you're when you're writing in the graphic medium, you're you're writing for the artist, uh, so there's just this kind of a chance to let go of some of your kind of crystallized vision that you have in your head um, but working with these guys it's like you know i pitched the alien abduction scene and i have a vibe about how it's going to be really spooky and then uh the artists they they just nail it like i just wow that's exactly what i was looking for <laughs> the same vibe it's just like maybe you try a different camera angle that i wasn't thinking about but like it's still the vibe that i was envisioning mm -hmm. I think right now would be the perfect segue. Let's go ahead and pull up the campaign and look at the Kickstarter and check out what we're here uh, looking at today. Right, so okay. we're looking at Star Noir Book One, a 1940s detective team up with a gray alien to stop a shape-shifting killing LAPD officers in uh, Central Station. So we're currently at a goal of 5,676 of a pledge goal of 10,000 with 128 backers and 21 days to go. Congratulations, you're, you're halfway there. That is awesome. Uh, and a third of the, you know, you, you still have two thirds of, of the campaign left. So that is awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to try to finish strong. So what's been some of the things that you've been doing differently this time around? I know we were talking backstage and you've uh, done uh, roughly around 12 interviews, but anything else in terms of like promoting or campaigning, you know, uh, that you did differently from your cyberpunk story? Um, well, I was promoting it a month before I launched it. Um, I was definitely going around telling people about it and showing the art because we we made these initial pages like a couple months ago just 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 specifically for the Kickstarter campaign to show people. Uh, so going around a month before it launched was definitely helpful. Uh, my girlfriend has uh, set up, uh, you know, I was working with a, a creative agency. Uh, they kind of, you know, pushed me out to podcasts and stuff. Okay. So yeah. that's, that's, been, that's been really helpful. And then it just it's just such a strong response i mean honestly it's like it's almost like this idea and this concept and this art it's like it's opening doors like pe people are just having such a strong reaction to it i mean one of one of my favorite comments when i first showed the cover somebody was like i don't know what this is but i need more of it in my life right now <laughs> we have our good friend uh, el kudo uh, manny over on youtube stopping to say what up pages look great absolutely absolutely for anyone that is watching let me go ahead and share this link in the chat. Feel free to check it out with us. And if you're unable to back, it is new comic book day. So if you're unable to back, a simple retweet uh, or even sharing it on Facebook, word of mouth is 100% free and goes a long way. So yes, let's sir. go ahead and check out this video and see what it's all about. 1947. Alan Miller, I love the a homicide detective, a real ace in his field, has nightmares about strange beings. He's called in to investigate the murder of traffic detective Patrick Perkins, a most unusual slay. The sight is not for the faint, but what is most curious is that Perkins' heart has been removed. The only lead is a beautiful silver starlight, 
the type of vehicle you'd never take your eye off of. The case runs cold, but Detective Miller is met by a strange being from his nightmares. The alien gives him the rub. He informs Alan that a, quote, shapeshifter, unquote, killed the young traffic detective. The kicker? This monster is hiding within Central Police Station alongside his fellow officers. The detective pays no mind to his encounter, but the same visitor is seen chatting up the captain. Alan barges into the captain's office and meets a young man, Ellis Tate, a new transfer from the Big Apple, a man who's been assigned to be Alan's new partner in the Perkins case. This story is penned by Mr. Tony James, a writer of sorts, a lover of old noir and science fiction. <laughs> He's accompanied by three able-bodied artists, aces in their own field, much like our detective. And hot damn, take a gander at those rewards. Commemorate your purchase with these fine items. Don't be a fuddy-duddy. Back Star Noir today. It's the only way to defeat the communists. <laughs> that was just chef kiss. We have uh, El Kudo. Uh, saying, uh, laugh out loud, nice, where's my scotch? Oh, there it is. Was that you doing the voiceover? Yeah, that's me, yeah. Uh, dude, that is remarkable. You did that on your phone? Yeah, that was on my phone. Oh, here. man, dude, that was good. That was good. I would. You don't even need a microphone, dude. You are making that iPhone work. It's magic. Holy crap. So, here's the story for Star Noir. L.A. Noir meets X-Files. Star Noir is a six-part detective story following homicide detective Alan Miller and his great alien partner, Ellis Tate, as they travel across 1940s Los Angeles to find uh, elusive shape-shifting killing officers in Central Station. So, it's inspired by the grit and tone of noir books like James Elroy's The Big Nowhere and has a snappy dialogue of Humphrey Bogart's The Big Sleep. And a stylized 1940s Los Angeles as seen in the movies like Chinatown and L.A. Confidential. So here is the cover. And this is a I, I love this. It's very impactful. We have the blood trail leading up to the car. What was uh, some of your uh, direction for this cover? You know, what was some of the inspiration for it? Uh, it was just trying to recreate uh, movie posters from the 1940s. Mm -hmm. uh, so there were there were a few um, there were a few noir movies that were came out during that era, um, and I just had the artist uh, do his own take on it. Uh, you know, just showing kind of the important things of the main characters. The you know the car is a, is an important lead in the story because um, uh, the the first crime scene is on this bridge. Uh, which kicks off the whole story but yeah the the even uh the lettering uh is is inspired by old 1940s movie uh, movie posters no that is awesome i love it so here is a look at some of the interior scenes as well and once again for anyone that is interested in deep diving some other information on the kickstarter uh right there is the link once again so we are looking at a panel where they're investigating his heart being removed i think that is such a graphic and gory scene and i love it man uh holy crap um so are we going to expect other crime scenes to be of this nature yes sir uh yes this is just the the first one that kicks off the story um and the heart being removed is the killer's mo and okay yeah that that happens to every every person that gets killed it's just the same thing that happens and it, and it builds to a really shocking conclusion where it all comes together uh that's pretty pretty awesome and pretty horrifying at the same time <laughs> and i i love the, the the details to this like the blood on the the interior and on the seat you got the handprint right there like it's very detailed um, and some of the techniques too, you know, the dark shading on the back. Um, I, I love this art style a lot. And you, like you said, your uh, your colorist, their brush uh, brush stroke to make it look a little bit more older. It's just like the perfect touch. 
So this is not the abduction scene though. This is uh, the first encounter. This I really love the colors in this. I love like the blues like emanating from the spaceship. You know, yeah. what was your like when you went to send this uh, script to the artist? You know, how different was it like from your first words to what the artist sent back to you? Um, it's actually very close. I mean, it, it, like when I write these scripts, it's, it's basically just a blueprint. I'm not trying to say this type of camera angle or this mm -hmm. type of shot or anything like that. It's, it's just more like a vibe. And it's, uh, you know, this lands in the, the alien lands in a spaceship uh, in his backyard in the middle of the night. Uh, he the the spaceship itself uh, emits a lot of radiation that causes the grass to be very frozen and, and cold. Uh, so the, the colors kind of brought a lot of that kind of cold kind of, you, you can kind of mm -hmm. see a lot of the, the frost kind of pouring off the character and, and the ship and then even in another panel on this page you kind of see the 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 breath the hot breath coming out of alan's mouth um yeah i so love that kind of, though the attention yeah, to the detail dude is great yeah so this scene uh after alan is, is trying to figure out what happened to the tra traffic detective on the bridge uh, he's met by this alien who will become Ellis Tate, his partner for the story. Uh, and he, he tells him that, hey, it's a shapeshifter that killed this detective and he, he exists in your precinct and I want to help you find out who it is. Oh, I like that. And here are some of the other interiors too. So this is a very detailed background. Like I love like every, it seems like every panel is just bursting with detail and just like the 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 models you know the character models look beautiful like right here you see uh detective miller like all beat up um it looks like he's he's seen some things you know <laughs> yeah he gets uh yeah in, in, in uh one of the earlier scenes in the first book he gets into a fight with uh, a gangster uh at, at his local bar uh so he gets roughed up a little bit I, I love, like you said, you've studied a lot of the verbiage. So right here, rest your cannon. Like that's something that, you know, they definitely wouldn't be saying around this time and age, but like back then that was a really prevalent like term uh, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the captain also refers to the car as a jammer. That's also a time <laughs> word as well. Uh, but talking about the detail of this, uh, this office here, um, a lot of the interiors for the precinct came from LA Noir, just, just going into the game and just walking around and taking screenshots and just you know, taking as many screenshots as I could from different angles and then giving it to the artist. So there's a, a lot of a lot of influence from LA Noir in in even in this panel here that you're looking at. That is awesome. I, I love that. When you mentioned that earlier, I was like, dude, this is so cool. I, I can I you know, because I comics and video games, dude, that's life. So when I find someone who is able to kind of combine them both, that's like such a perfect combination. Yeah, yep. So here are some sample pages of the interior from the 42 page book one to get a sense of the quality of both the art and the story, uh, which you can expect from Star Noir. So we'll kind of just skim over those just a little bit to give you guys a look at some of these interiors. And like I said, dude, this detail is just beautiful. Like the blood trail and smear, uh, the crime scene. Uh, you have the people around the circle taking pictures and, and the cameras too, man. The, the old school cameras. Yeah, that yeah, was really fun. Yeah, yeah we, right uh, over the breath. Yeah, there you go. It's very, very cold. And uh, yeah, he, he, he's uh, the alien is speaking to him telepathically and he, he freaks out. So he goes to get his gun because, I mean, what else are you going to do when you, <laughs> when you meet an alien? Yeah, it's 1940s, too. Like, I, you know, maybe it's something in this day and age we could probably like be like, OK, I could see that happening now. But back then, like uh, they really didn't even have TVs then. Right. I'm not sure. I know it's, radio was a big thing, right? Just radios, just radios. Yeah, yeah, just radios. Yeah. Yeah. 
Man, living in a world without TVs, how crazy would that be? Uh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but we've, um, we even, uh, during this campaign, we were making new pages that we were showing the backers. Um, if you look at one of my updates, you can see the opening scene where the traffic detective is actually killed by the alien. That that top one right there. If you scroll oh, the urn I love the urn. Yeah, you scroll down it, but there you go. They got the, the the inks of the opening scene here. And this is this is trap the the traffic detective that you see dead on the bridge with his heart missing. This is him finding this car on the bridge. And the fear in his eyes too. Yeah, um, and we wanted to for this scene really wanted to capture the sense of isolation that he's by himself on this bridge. Oh my this god, guy. this thing looks terrifying too. See, like, the drool, like, yeah. dropping from his mouth. This is awesome, man. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, there he gets, he gets, uh, gets gutted there, and that's the end of him. Yeah, dude, this is, yeah, this is, <laughs> talk about a bridge to, uh, too far to cross. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. The, the attention to detail, I, and I, I love, uh, the graphic, uh, and the gore, man. Um, yeah. Th th those type of comics are some of my favorites to read. Um, yeah, and we also, uh, you know, to kind of balance out the kind of serious aspects of the story, uh, you also have a, a really fun uh, buddy cop story in here. You have two detectives who are so diametrically opposed in how they do casework. I mean, Alan is is very, very typical, you know, no nonsense. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty to get information out of a suspect. And Ellis is very benevolent. Like, there's... Why would you beat up somebody when you can just talk to them? And he doesn't mm -hmm. like he doesn't like to use a gun, which gets him into trouble. And he has to use his intellect to get get himself out of a jam in a couple instances. Uh, so it, it's fun seeing their their ideas about how to go about detective work. Kind of, I, I love this in particular because now we see why he's so wide eyed because uh, he yeah. realizes the alien uh, isn't doesn't look like an alien here. He's actually assumed like another person's form. Yeah. Mm hmm. And I just had attention, like right here too. The, the you know he looks at you can see him as clear as day as an alien right here. So like I love like you guys like made sure to hit all those marks like right on the head too. Yeah, and then we do some really interesting things, interesting things in the story to kind of create a kind of a, a, a scary atmosphere. Uh, we obscure some of the uh, uh, the views of the aliens, so it's like you're always you're always seeing them, but kind of like a like a, an old horror movie like. It's your imagination that's going to freak you out. It's, mm -hmm. it's, where you, it's where you almost see them. You see a little bit of them. You, you see, you know, just like on the bridge scene you were seeing a, a, a second ago, you were seeing the, the alien in the shadow with the jewel yeah. coming out. Like, it's not a clean look, but it's a good it's a, it's a a good enough look for you to kind of let your imagination start taking it the rest of the way. So here are some of the rewards as well. So are these going to be the backing rewards? Yes, sir. Yes, they are. All right. So it looks like we have some... Uh, Four by six postcards. Uh, the uh, the first encounter, and then at the uh, the hab it looked like the Habitat for Humanity building site. I'm not exactly sure. Um, like uh, yeah, no, this is uh, one of those. Uh, it's a neighborhood where they build the houses for vets. Okay, uh, which yeah, big, which was a big thing in the '40s, and also they put it in L.A. Noir as well. Uh, so there's a, a story, personal story reason for why he's checking out one of these veterans. Was that with the, um, where there was the bomb that went off and you had to find the pieces of the bomb? Yeah, that was the, uh, yeah, that was the, the one of the arson okay. cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I love it, man. Holy crap. I can't believe I just remember that. It's been years since I played. Yeah. Um, and then we have some vintage posters as well as baseball cards. 
So I, I love these baseball cards. These are so awesome, especially uh, with the badge as well. Yeah, yeah, we'd uh, the different badge numbers for for each uh, each detective, uh, and then the, the cards. They there's some character stats in there as well, uh, and even which sidearm that they use. They're all the, I really wanted to make them all really different and unique mm -hmm. to each character. And then with the the poster, our um, our colorist Vin, he um, added this additional texture that you know has these like crease lines that make it look really kind of weathered and vintage, which is uh, really really cool. No, that is awesome. And then let's go through some of the tiers too. So for 10 bucks, you get uh, the driver's seat tier, which is named uh, in the thank you section. Yeah, these are, all, these are all named after L.A. Noir cases, by the way. <laughs> uh, for 20, you get the setup. So a digital copy of book one, your name in the thank you section as well. Uh, 25 or more, the fallen idol, a hard copy of book one, uh, 42 pages. So is that gonna be a hard cover then or uh, like a hard paper? Uh, I, it's a uh, it's soft cover book, but it's not a it's not a floppy. It's, it's okay. got a it's got a good bind to it. I gotcha. Yeah. And then we have the forty five or more the golden butterfly. So you get two of the four by six postcard prints. Yeah. Seventy or more the quarter moon murder uh, murder. So a set of three detective baseball cards includes everything in the previous tiers as well. And then we have 100 or more the red lipstick murder. So that'll get you the 11 by 17 vintage uh, noir poster. And then all the other previous tiers. You and get everything. What was, uh, what was that? No, I said you get you get everything on top of that. So you're, oh, I got you're, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming out and, a winner. Uh, and then right here is the team. And we kind of already did a deep breakdown of them. But here is uh, some pictures behind the faces. And I love how you did these like with a classified like case file, you know, the fingerprints and everything at the bottom. I think that's awesome, dude. Thank you. Thank you. And then the man of the hour himself, Detective Tony James. Yes. Me and my cat, Ginny. <laughs> yeah, uh, two cats myself. I like, yeah, you see me playing with my nose earlier. The, the hair just emanates from me, dude. So I'll just be sitting here and one will just start floating up. It'll catch me on the nose. I'm like, oh, no, not now, not now. Yeah. We're, we're changing seasons, so they're they're shedding one coat to build up a winter coat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then here is a look at the uh, pie chart for where the funds are going to go. I always love seeing these two kind of getting a good idea of where the money is going. Um, paper quality is also going to be very important, too. So it yes. uh, looks you're going to get uh, some professional grade paper. Yes. Awesome, uh, yeah, cause, yeah, because the uh, the paper shortage is uh, I don't know if you've been to a comic book shop recently but some some books are being paper are being printed on like tissue paper which is like kind of unfortunate mm -hmm. uh so i i am gonna just really kind of go the extra mile and make sure that the book that you're getting is extremely high quality because if we work really hard on the story we work really hard on the art we really want to bring it home and, and make sure that it's a book that it's it's worth having no, absolutely. So this is the Kickstarter in its entirety. Let's go ahead and start to wrap things up. Before we do that, what would you like to say to anyone who might be on the fence about backing this book after kind of taking a deep dive in, in the Kickstarter, looking at you know, all the different tiers for anyone who might be just teeter tottering? Uh, what would you say to them? Um, I'm reminded of a story when I went to go buy a copy of The Witcher 3. Uh, I had never played it, and I asked the man at the counter, what is your return policy? And he looked at me really earnestly, and he said, you're not returning this. Like, like you are going to enjoy yourself. Like, I'm not even worried about you not enjoying yourself. And that's how I feel with Star Noir. It's like, we have, we have worked extremely hard for months. Like, this script has been through so many revisions. Like, 
but you know, I, I myself as a writer, I am just constantly studying story structure. Like this is not the first story I've written. This is, this has got to be closer to like the 10th story I've written. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so you're picking up a, a book that I feel has hit all of the marks. It is great story mixed with great art. It's not, it's not flash over substance. You're getting the substance with the flash. So if you jump in, if you, if you back the book, like I, I know that you're going to get something extremely high quality that you're going to be very entertained by. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. You have J. Michael Miller over on YouTube stopping in to say some great details. Welcome to the stream, J. Michael Miller. We always love seeing you in chat. So, Tony, I got to ask you, what is next in the Pipeworks for you? I know uh, you're currently running a campaign, you know, so right now that's your main focus. But after everything is successfully funded, you know, where are you going to be going next? Uh, well, we're going to uh, obviously make the book. Uh, we're going to pitch it to publishers, um, you know, because in this in this era, uh, publishers, they're not interested in the idea alone. They, they want to see that return in, uh, in investment and mm -hmm. what they really respond to are successful Kickstarters. So if I were to like bring this to image with the book funded, uh, that would actually get their attention more than just the book and there's no Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, so that's, so that's what we're going to be doing there. Um, and then while we're making that, uh, I am going to, uh, as a sort of palate cleanser for myself before launching into the second book, uh, I have a, uh, a web comic. Um, it's a very Garfield inspired. It's about, a, a pistachio, a talking pistachio with a mustache called mustachio. Is that from uh, Love for Dead? What? Is that from Love for Dead? No. Is that I, a must? Yeah, so Left for Dead uh, one and two. They, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's Mustachio, but it's like there's a nut. There's a nut with a mustache, and you get like a secret achievement for shooting it or carrying it throughout the level. Like you got to pick it up and you got to run through the level and avoid all the zombies. Yeah. Man, I, I had to ask because you, you, uh, you love video games. So I was like, dude, is he the man? This dude is like killing it right now. <laughs> nah, I don't, I don't know if it, if it, if it came through that, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that one's on Instagram. I am Mustachio. You can find it. Um, that one, <laughs> that, that one's a nice one that I like to, to do after doing something really serious because it's just it's fun. It's lighthearted. It's not mm -hmm. as intensive. I don't have to spend months of research. It's just four panel, you know, three setups and then a punchline. Uh, so yeah, this will we'll be pitching the book to Star Noir to publishers. Uh, you know, we'll be making making the book. I mean, the whole story is already written. Um, so it's just like once we're kind of turned the corner and almost done with the first book, it'll just switch over to doing the second book. Uh, and then yeah, I'll be working on the webcomic, you know, when I'm when I'm not working on Star No More. No, that is awesome. After this, I'm gonna have to send you some pictures of that so you don't think I'm absolutely crazy. But man, I loved it, dude. I love it. I love it so much. A yes. pistachio with a mustache. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, I don't know if anybody who's, who's watching or whatever, I'll, I'll I'll be at New York City Comic Con uh, the first week of October. Uh, so if you, I mean, I'm very hard to miss. I got a giant mustache. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to talk to me and ask me more about Star No More, I can show you more stuff. I even got concept art in my back pocket. I'd love to show people. So, Dude, let's go. Let's go. Well, Tony, I appreciate you coming on here, breaking down everything. It's, it's I, you know, I haven't had many opportunities to nerd out with, with, uh, my comic book crew about video games. So it's always awesome when we get a chance to kind of just like geek out a little bit, you know, that's the name of the show, keeping it geekly. So when we get to, I love it. Um, now we, we always end things on a strong note before we end the podcast. Uh, so Tony, for anyone that is watching right now, who might be maybe struggling, uh, with getting started in the writing or in the art or any part of the process of creating a comic, 
what type of uh, advice would you offer them to help them get motivated to just go? Like anything to help them just kind of break that barrier and just get started? Uh, well, I know for me as, as a writer, um, you kind of really have to be nice to yourself, especially if you've, if you've never done something before, very high probability that you're not going to be very good at it. And during that initial part portion where you're making that thing, like you have to almost forgive yourself and, and let yourself be terrible so that you can then turn around on the next thing and be much better at it because it's a process. It, it, it's, I mean, if you look at your, your favorite writers, your favorite storytellers, if you were to look at the first draft of something that they made when they were first starting out, like you would fall out of your chair. You're like, how did they win all these awards and all these accolades? It's because it just, it's a process. It takes, it takes time to kind of build up the discipline and the skill level uh, to really execute your stories. Um, and really it's just honestly just showing up every day and just trying to like, just to get, get finished, whatever you can get done. I mean, if you're, if you can only work on one page, work on one. If you work on five, if if all you did was reach out to some artists, that was a good day. If you mm -hmm. found an artist, that was a good day. Just these these kind of little victories, and and not not to get too disillusioned right away because you don't have this perfect story and the perfect team and everything's coming together. Just recognizing that it's a a process, uh, and yeah, just being really nice to yourself while you're in the process. I love that. I think that's the first time we've ever had advice of that nature where it's like, you know, just, you know, be sure to be kind to yourself, too, because that's a big part of it. Right. Like not hating yourself or not being able to pump it out the way you'd like to and resenting like what you're doing because you're not at the level you think you should be. I think that is remarkable. Thank you, Tony. For everyone that is watching, once again, it is new comic book day. What are you waiting for? Here is the link to the Kickstarter. Be sure to check it out. If you can back it, back it. If you're not able to, share it. Twitter, Facebook, word of mouth is 100% free. Tony, thank you so much for coming by and starting this Wednesday off on the perfect note. Such thank an awesome you. show. I appreciate it, man. I hope you, everyone watching is having an awesome day. But most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.